Welcome to What Have You, featuring Rachel Jankovic and Rebecca Merkel. This audio is brought to you by Canon Press. Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And it's springtime and we're here two weeks in a row. I was so gonna say, let's not give us a congratulations. Let's not jinx it yet, but this is twice, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Victory is I ours know, now. As long as we can say a sensible We're something. doing so well already that I don't mm. know. So guys, guess what's happening really soon? Really soon, we're finishing the To the Word Bible Reading Challenge for the year. Oh, yeah. And we'll be kicking off St. Page Summer. Wait. June 1st. We're so close. We're almost done. We're almost done. How did I not notice that? <laughs> well, it's the end of the school year, Becca. It's the end of the school year. No, I mean, I... And we're almost done. And so we are... And then June 1st kicks off St. Page Summer, which I just feel like as a time we should invite you all to jump in and join us with in reading the yeah. New Testament. Well, I feel a little awkward that I didn't notice we were approaching the end. Well, if you think about it, it just goes the academic year. I have been less yes, because true, I've been doing it more on my phone right now, which I actually I don't always prefer. Do my, I know I like it. I do it on my phone always. Yeah. Well, I don't prefer it, but I have, however, since we're doing that, I have less contact with the overall that's probably yeah i I have less like noticing all that anyways the point the reason that i'm here right now to talk with you all about it is because you should join us and because we're just thinking about the fact that reading the bible continues to matter (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't matter just one time you know it actually matters and i will say that um every year in apologetics and Brit lit, which I teach to the seniors at Logos in the first quarter of the year, we read Francis Schaefer, how should we then live? And we also read, um, CS Lewis, that hideous strength and mere Christianity. So across the two different classes. So that's all in the first quarter. And, uh, so basically what I'm saying is that for years in the fall, there I am again, going back through some Lewis and some Schaefer, and suddenly this year, wow, wow, did that not have a more prophetic, oh, you mean a that more hideous, pointed, that hideous, a more, oh, well, they, all of it, yeah, all of right. it. I mean, like Schaefer talking about the dis- disintegration of cultures and, yeah. you know, just there was a whole lot of things that seemed yep. downright amazing. And they were always amazing, but suddenly it hits you in a different way. And if I, I'm just saying... If that is the truth about Lewis and Schaefer, how much more, guys, <laughs> how much more should we keep reading the Bible? Because as it turns out, our changing circumstances give us a renewed look. <laughs> oh, it's so true. And it's also true that so many Christians have been fooled by just the dumbest proposals the loose oh, yeah. the kind of like don't you know christianity is just about being nice and people are like oh, right yeah. that's what it's about and it and the thing is it's not even well-mounted arguments it's like <laughs> it takes hardly anything to confuse christians and get them off off path and the reason is because they're not reading their bibles no. for themselves and no. I, I i keep wanting to make a little post i haven't done it yet I don't know. I'm not just trying to make people mad at me. It's just that I keep seeing more and more Christian women, like Christian women's voices that are all like, thought I'm going to do a real deep study on, it's time to look deeply into the word to find out if women should be preaching or not. (laughs) And I just keep wanting to tell everyone, just FYI, I'm not looking deeply into that issue right now because... (laughs) Because enough is written on the plain surface of it that there is no no need. The only reason to do a deep dive in there is when you're trying to find the loophole, the loophole that's deep underground, like with a real twist. Oh, where did I see this? Pastoring is not the same thing as no, no. I saw a real swizzle. Um, somebody said something absurd. To the effect of when Jesus allowed the woman to wash his feet, he was subverting the entire narrative of the man as the head. 
<sighs> and, the, and you go and, and you just pause and you say, uh-huh. what? And then, no, the reason was because only, before that point, only men could anoint kings. And now she's anointing the king. Which or, means, or you feel people getting the you, big news about because <laughs> Jesus first appeared to women in the garden. Women yeah. are called to preach the gospel or first. Women, are women have been told to preach. And it never first, you mind, yeah. never you mind that women are specifically told to not preach. Uh-huh. And it, no. Uh, just you know, when he says women are to be silent in church, what he means by that is they're to be the loudest. They're to be the ones speaking the most. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that there all these women are like gonna take a deep look at the meaning, and then they just leap and they bound with well, with <clears> things <throat> that actually aren't like I have like, always thought this, and I think I said it even like, in even exile. But if you wanted to prove. That you how can't be trusted. Well, just how qualified you are to handle the text of scripture. <laughs> Start by telling us that you can actually. No, because if you're like, <laughs> let's take a little look, see at uh, any of the things like like anything that we like the teaching in scripture on. Like what? I don't know. Husbands love <laughs> your wives. Okay, sure. Husbands love your wives, sure. and we're like, correct. Do it. We would not get on board with any amount of interpretation that was like this. Like this no. this sort of interpretive look at the scriptures. When he says husbands love your wives. What he means he is means, point out her physical flaws. Yeah. And That's be what spiteful he means. as yeah. much as you can. When he says love your wives, the message he really means. <laughs> I just think there's such freedom in not trying to do this. Like just wow. being like just accept it as it is. Accept the word of God. Yeah. And, and or, or obey it. Here's a hot idea. That's Go a pick wild a different idea. religion because mm. what I don't understand is trying to cling to this one and yet subvert <laughs> everything that it's about. It's key. It's key that like you may have found that you're not a Christian. <laughs> and and then And to be honest, I don't I honestly don't know what the draw is if you want to reinvent Christianity and still be a Christian, I don't know. Why not just go be a pagan? Because I think that's, well, that's probably going to be... Well, that's like, oh, what's her face? Um, Jory Micah. Okay, yeah. And she was had a little thing about Pasha, Pasha, all these people who don't see Jesus as questioning all of scripture. Yeah, right, yeah. Like, that the, the mm. Jesus is actually here to overturn all of yeah. our... Mm. All of those previous messages. <laughs> I, it just is so not the Christian faith anymore. It's like, you know, you've yeah. really... You're not, like, off a little bit. But I don't know. See, it's the same question I have as to why would you want to be a Unitarian? Because mm-hmm. as far as I can make out, you could have your Sundays free, but you are instead choosing... To- <laughs> <laughs> to pretend to practice a religion. I, I just, I don't get yeah. the, I mean, why not go, you know, move to Vegas or something. But I, like, trying to be a nice religious yeah. person when you don't believe it is real odd to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, back back to this again. And that is, read your Bible. And yeah. that reading your Bible is actually a key ingredient mm. in not being vulnerable to all kinds of little stupid stuff that comes up. And the stupid stuff is not actually, like, I want to talk about this a little bit because obviously, obviously we love the Bible reading challenge. We want people to read their Bibles. But I really, this is what we're talking about in this podcast all the time anyways, is working your faith out in lots of different mm-hmm. areas. You cannot work out your Christian faith intuitively in like how you're talking to your children and whatever, if it's not getting worked into you in the actual words that God gave us, like if you're not ever touching down there, if you're only trying to like pick up tips and ideas that you gather from wherever. It's a little bit, maybe this is a bad analogy because I'm making it up as I go, but, um, buckle up. The analogy is about Let's to take know. off, and we Let's don't know where it, we don't know if we're landing it. it or not. <laughs> well, imagine if you had some amazing pianist who has been trained, who is going to do 
some jazz improv. Yeah. Right? Different. But has been highly trained versus mm-hmm. me sitting down <laughs> to do a bit of improv. And the thing is, is you can do improv when it's so ingrained in you how music works. Right. But if you haven't learned those lessons and you just sit down to hammer a little something out, it's, it's not, not going to be that going groovy. It's not going to do anything. No. <laughs> and, and in some sense, our life is kind of one long series of improv in terms of like, you don't know what your afternoon's going to hold and yet mm-hmm. you have to behave like a Christian. So how does a Christian behave? And you have to be anchored in the word and in all of the, basically like the rules of music, but the rules of Christian right. living. And so then when you're faced with this moment of improv, you actually can do something that is is a right. good idea. And one thing that I just love, and I, I think it's in John, what I think I should, I always, every time I do this in here and I'm like, let me look it up, I can't find it. So Let's I'm just say not look that up. one verse. It, I'm pretty sure it's in John. But it's it's the part where it talks about the, but the Holy Spirit will bring to your, will bring to mind the things that we've learned. That, that the, like, that being in the word and the Holy Spirit prompts us with the word that we have heard. Like this is a thing. This is a, the life of a Christian is that you're constantly intaking things and the Holy Spirit works it into and brings it to mind at different times. Mm -hmm. You can't actually learn that in a way that is not that process, that process of being in the word and the Holy Spirit. You don't, you can't actually get, the Christian, well, the Christian Life for Dummies book that I, bypasses, or the Cliff Notes kind of of the Christian I do think faith. That this is why, like, people when they get onto subjects like, for instance, forgiveness, something that the Bible's not subtle about. Like, there's an yeah. awful lot of stuff there about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So if you're faced with someone has wronged you a lot. And they have asked you to forgive them. And then you're sitting there struggling with it because actually it turns out that's a really hard thing to do. You find these people who, instead of looking to scripture and saying, what does it require of me? They start saying, but what does forgiveness mean to me though? What does it mean to you? What does, let me go consult my friends. What do you think about forgiveness? And, and if you are going to forget what forgiveness means, you have to cut them out of your life because they are toxic and never trust them again or, you know, whatever it is. But, but it's like people do this weird, what do I think about the subject of divorce rather than what does God think about it? What do right. I think about forgiveness How rather than what does God think about it? spelled out for me somewhere. Like, right. And so, and then they'll do a quick poll of their friends and women voices okay, they follow really, on Instagram. Really often, I something will come up where a number of different women all say kind of the same thing. And I don't know where they're getting it, yeah. but it's not scripture. It's no. probably from somebody else who made a like careful notes for like somebody who gave a little talk and explained like, like for instance, what does forgiveness mean? Yeah. You can't forgive someone in this circumstance as we all know from whatever Bible study we did from the church that was not based on the Bible that was based (laughs) on a woman who just told us that like, (laughs) and, but it's interesting how we can get those little things, those little proverbs or things that just seemed true to us when we heard it sometime. And mm-hmm. you pick it up. But what you were talking about, when you read something that you've read many times, but you read it again in a different moment or in right. a different context, well, that's right there. Like, forgiveness is a great example. Yeah. That you read what the Bible has to say about forgiveness. Maybe one time when you just needed to seek forgiveness. Yeah. And you feel really blessed by what the Bible has to say <laughs> about forgiveness. <laughs> You're like, right, right. Yes. You know, like yeah. as far as the East is from the West, yeah. that's how far that yeah. and you, all of you need to forgive me just like that. And, and then, then it's and the then woman some... who slandered you all over the church. <laughs> yeah. Then there's a different context where you come back to that. And that's what I think is so wonderful about keeping in the word is that it hits you from all angles. Like, sure. Because as you're living your life, you're like, turns out this verse is more poignantly or applicable. The other right thing now. is is forgiveness can seem like of course very clear Christian duty, gotta do it. 
right up until the minute where you have to do it and it suddenly turns out it's really hard no like did you know this is not actually easy which is kind of like i remember i'm sure we've said this before but i remember as i don't know when i was in junior high or something i distinctly recall feeling like there's really no reason why being a homemaker would take more time. And more time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it seems like to me... You I could, had that thought. You could be done by 9.30 in the yeah. morning. Yeah, or 10 at the latest. 10. And, 10. Then, <laughs> and then you'd have the rest of the day to just do what you needed to do, you know? And speaking of that, here's a visiting guest. Oh, yes. I thought it was just the dog. Yes. <laughs> Walk to the lesson tops down from the That's an outing that would take too long. You know what? We're going to have to go get the kids pretty soon, but we'll for sure do that sometime. Okay? But not today. Okay. Although, walking to the Wilson's house, bouncing on the trampoline, then watching going down, something. watching something, then going to the creek. Yes. No. Okay. Love ya. <laughs> um, but anyway, I can't remember what I was saying. Um, oh, being a homemaker. Oh, being, yeah. Take no time. Being fired up, done by... 9 30 or 10 in the morning easy schmeezo and then hey bud we're doing a podcast some more um oranges yeah you may have one more can can we um have two you want to share them with the other kids yeah. okay that's fine we have two? yep you may i have released three <laughs> entire cans of mandarin segments <laughs> to the snacking populace mm-hmm. inside anyway I think that the similar things happen with Christian virtues because when you're suddenly you're suddenly a mom with three small children and you remember to yourself what you thought that entailed, <laughs> it's quite hilarious. Yeah. But when you live it, when you, you live find it, out you different discover, things. You discover that there is yeah. a new take on it. You're like, who knew that a part of the pie chart of how you spend your time would be like <laughs> looking for sippy cups? <laughs> I don't I spend my time like that anymore, but no. I did. There was a time in my life. Yeah, and so it's kind of like you can feel like, yes, you absolutely have to forgive. It's very important that you always forgive. Until suddenly when you've been genuinely hurt by someone. Yeah. And then it turns out like, whoa, oh, this I is a trickier for thing. This. No, I Which don't. is why it's really important to always like stay in the word, keep it fresh. Because when you're faced with a new challenge... You need to know yeah. what and, are my marching orders. And a ton of what you experience in scripture is that way. Where by learning it in different phases of your own life, you actually get a three-dimensional understanding of yeah. something that's happening in scripture. And you can't just... It is not like... it's. And this is the thing. Scripture, it's food. And it gives us the nourishment that we need to go about living our lives, which are always different, right? Like with what we're doing every time is every, say every time we come back around to reading one particular passage, we're in a different phase of life and it applies differently to us. But the one that I, I've used this example before probably, but the one I really remember was in high school that I really loved the book of James. And I remember being really struck and convicted by the whole forest fire imagery of what the tongue can do, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like the damage that can be caused Mm -hmm. by a wayward tongue. But entirely, the entire scope of my existence at that time (laughs) was like, I just assumed that that passage was exclusively talking about gossip. The junior high girls. Yeah, like like the entire, my, all that I can think of the evils that can be accomplished Mm -hmm. that way. And then that is one that I just remember then coming back as a mother of a bunch of kids, realizing mm, yeah. how much damage you could do with your tongue yeah. that had nothing at all to do with gossip no. and everything to do with rude reporting on how <laughs> other people are doing or criticism you know, criticism or snarking or like self yeah. feeling sorry for yourself and venting yeah. that at people. Like just realizing how great a fire you could start up with your tongue at any given Absolutely. moment. You could get something going that will haunt your child forever oh, yeah. with oh, yeah. a bad work of anyways the reason i say this is that it's not enough to have read the bible one time we need to really be people of the word and where we really 
get the strength to obey the word through understanding it all the time well, in different contexts. This is why I do love that piece of the silver chair where she's supposed to be saying those yeah. rules to herself every night. And when she gave up doing it, it meant that when the moment came that she should have recognized it, she, didn't she did it. not because she had neglected it. And that's an incredibly apt allegory because the moment comes where you're supposed to know what to do with like, it and hmm? you fade it off paying attention and you find yourself in a much yeah. worse pickle. And you're like, oh, was I supposed to know that? Was I supposed to not oh, fall into I envy? Not, was, was I, I not supposed, supposed to, to go to the giant castle? I do deserve to have everybody taking care of me, don't I? Or <laughs> something that you just <laughs> slipped into there without noticing. And, and you should be. When we're in the Word, those things are just taught to us over and over and over from different angles all the time. Yeah. And... And it's really, really a better place to be. You're more equipped for things. And I I love how the word actually equips us for trials we didn't know were coming. It equips yeah. us for the thing, the ta- like, it equips us for something that we could not have anticipated. Yeah. It's, it's like the, um, you know, that satisfaction that you get from, you know, having thought to put a Band-Aid in your purse and then having uh. a Band-Aid be needed. Yes. And you're like, look, yes. I really rarely have that satisfaction in real life <laughs> where you thought ahead to have the raincoat or the thing. Yeah. But in that context, it's like scripture does that for us. It's a supernatural preparation for what we will face that we could not possibly have known about. Right. And why would we want to be spiritually unprepared? Exactly. It just seems like not the way to do it. Like, so there's, there's my big plug right off the bat for why you should all join us in the um in the same page summer bible reading program starting june 1st we'll be reading the new testament uh through the summer and something super fun that i need to add is that you know canon has done the um modernized geneva yeah bible well they're doing an audio version of of it for same page summer so it oh, will good. on the canon app this will be all new this year is on the Canon app. There will be the audio of the modernized Geneva Bible each day that will be on there. And it is not behind the paywall. So even it's in the free part of the app. So even if you don't subscribe to the service there, you can still do it on the Canon app, Canon press app. And I think they're connecting, they're posting a lot of videos, snippets from sermons and things. So each day it will be the reading and then some kind of a quick other connected which would be super fun. That's awesome. So join us and you can get all of that. I'm pretty sure it's samepagesummer.com or to the word.com. You can get all, download the stuff, invite your friends, your neighbors, everybody, get everybody involved. That's great. Okay. So now we yeah. did an infomercial yeah. on the same page summer. Check. Yeah. Did you have something else that you wanted to talk about or should I pull up a question that we were well, asked? Well, I did have something that I felt like we really needed to talk about. But I can't remember what it is, so I think you ought to pull it up. <laughs> well, Becca, thank you for yeah, filing that no, away. No, I did. I had something, and I was like, note to self. Next time, we should definitely do that. Um, okay, it was the question of, let's see, I'm looking because I think it was on the... Um, well, we've got another We've got another group coming. Oh, a whole other vignette. With a, with a lavender that's out of a pot. Yeah. Just take it inside. Okay. Speaking of the wind issues in my life. Apparently. Well, it's a, did you see it's not in a pot? It's yeah, just a clump of dirt. But I think it blew over. It was outside yeah. and it blew over. So they. Yeah. That's why. Speaking of um, lavender, I just uh, need to say really quick that my garden. I haven't gone out in it. It's like still looking renegade from like last October when all the leaves fell in it. Did it rain here? Some when branches we were, when fell we were in, in Boise, it. did it rain here? Little drizzle. It wasn't not, a lot. Okay. But anyway, I'm just it's just oh, I'm not look at that. Oh, some geese coming. <laughs> Those across. are not geese. Those are ducks. Oh, ducks. You can Anyways, whoops. I just my my gardening is dumb right now. Dumb. But this weekend, hero graduates from high school. I finish teaching 
And then Hold on a second. I shall I win. Tell the oh. Hey, kid. This is good. Go inside. When they're driving all those around, I don't want you guys outside. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's got heavy equipment driving around her life and children mm -hmm. running around in and amongst. Well, I the sent them equipment. inside. I was like, maybe this is not the time for you guys to be out. You've got large digger things. Diggers and pushers. <laughs> Working on a patio, a which short, is very exciting. A short stretch of my life when I did know my heavy equipment because we had a book that Knox liked to read over and over and over and over uh -huh. and over. That I can still that. tell you about a backhoe. Mm, I'm not good with them, you know? Yeah. A backhoe, I think I can tell. but I It's know. the one that's in the front yard. It's parked in our front that? yard. I don't think that that is. See? You don't know any more than I do. Becca, that's a bobcat. No, it isn't. It says bobcat. That's the brand. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's probably oh, an excavator. Anyways, yeah, let's... Okay, mm. interesting news from my house. <laughs> It's an excavator driving around and the kids hopefully back inside. So, um, what I was going to say, somebody did say in the questions, it was more that we talked about making your home a place that's really joyful and fun. Mm -hmm. And somebody said they wanted, specifically wanted idea, like, like mm, specific yeah. comments on how you do that. Okay. I have, I have one idea. Okay. This is maybe a weird thing to think of as my first idea but I think telling stories that like basically being the kind of family that laughs together about stuff is mm -hmm. a big part of it because if you see some goofy something going down in the parking lot at the grocery store Mm -hmm. Make a note. And when you go home, be like, kids, I saw the funniest thing. And then tell them, a, you know, and so that they learn to look at life like that as well. And where they want to remember stuff to tell you at dinner that was hilarious. Uh -huh. And then everybody laughs about it together. Yeah, like, I just want to say that's, that's a great, I think that's a great point because, well, Beck and I are from the same family. <laughs> so. You don't say. We are speaking as people who grew up in exactly this. Yeah. This is a way that our family loves each other. Is mm -hmm. telling funny stories and and mm -hmm. telling them in a way that bless us all because yeah. that is what really gets us all going is the <laughs> is the funny story. So as our kids all are rounding the teen years, that's for sure one of the biggest delights is uh -huh. uh, <laughs> the enjoyment hearing of them be witty in yeah. conversation. In fact, in fact, when we were just about to drive to Boise, <laughs> Blair, Blair was in the back by Shadrach, and she said, "Whoa, Shadrach, it's just us back here." And she said, "We are going to run out of conversational <laughs> products really fast." <laughs> And then proceeded to be launched immediately into some big field of talking about Egyptian uh, archaeology or something. Anyways, it was very yeah. funny. But but even if it's like funny stories or just things that just you learn, that's like you guys, things. guess what I learned is so crazy. I have to tell you this thing that I learned about chimpanzees. I mean, whatever it is, like just mm -hmm. note to sharing, self, sharing things and making it like. I think enjoyable. a big part of that, and I realize personalities are different, gifts are different, but a big part of that is receiving the world and what's happening around you as though it is a gift from God. It is a way of being like delighted with where you've been put. Like, and that yeah. sometimes that's funny things. Sometimes that's just appreciating the sunset or the flowers or the mm -hmm. like delighting in sharing those sorts of things. But see, we would do that's constantly like, you guys, you guys, you guys, come over here. You have got to see what the light yeah. is doing outside. Isn't that so crazy? I think and one of like, my favorite is... moments, Lena was pretty little. In fact, but I just remember her commenting like, mom, look at this. And I came over and it was like something out the window. And she was like, I love the way the branch looks like that color by the, like she was yeah. little, but it was yeah. observing something that she saw of the tree yeah. branch looking stark with a little new leaf on it and mm -hmm. behind, like it was a very, it was a very pretty moment, yeah. but it was also a real, I remember it because she was my oldest and because it was a moment where you had a child being like, 
I see something God's given us that I want you to enjoy with me. Like, come see this with me. Okay, so I have to... This is sort of a tangent, but it's related. Um, I was saying this to my seniors the other day because we do a lot of poetry in Britlet. And they have to write a lot of poetry. And there's people who naturally kind of tend to do that and people who really, really don't. And Mm -hmm. so we're talking about why bother? What's the point of poetry? And, you know, there's a serious contingent of people that are like, exactly. Why would we have to write poetry? And I said, okay, here's the thing. How many of you have ever at any point been like, I have to take a picture of that. Like, like you pulled over to the side of the road and took a picture because it was really cool. Or it was a, you took a picture of that sandwich you ordered because it was just so crazy or, you know, whatever it is. And of course, everybody's hands go up. Everybody has taken a picture. And I said, now you took a picture of the sunset, even though you know in advance that it's going to look lousy when you take a picture of the sunset because it never captures it ever at all. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's true. You're like, but you still have this something in you that needs to take a picture of it anyways. Like you're trying to, you're trying to like, like capture Capture this experience for a second. And I said, but then you know that it looked way cooler than that in real life. So that's when you're messing around with the Instagram filters, trying to like artistically render the moment so that it more accurately reflects what you experienced because the, the plain photo really doesn't do it justice but to be honest if you put a filter on it it kind of does a better job that's sort of what poetry is trying to do right is it's trying to grab a hold of something but the reason that we do it is always to share because that's why you want to put it on instagram Mm -hmm. it's why you want to show somebody when you got home look at this thing i took a picture of because you're trying to like capture this experience and then show it to somebody else in a way that they will Mm -hmm. see what you saw in it. Yeah. And so a lot of times the art is, is not trying to accurately render what the hill looks like, but the moment that that hill was in right then. Mm -hmm. And so that's where art comes in, where it's like painting or poetry or whatever, where you're trying to sort of capture it and, and freeze it where the person can experience it alongside of you. But that can happen in stories and conversation as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really huge thing to try to share with your kids. Like, rather than having it be entirely (laughs) on the internet for your internet friends. Right. Do it for your kids. You know, like, like like bring them into the moment of, of like, relishing something. Since lavender has been a theme in this day's work. Yeah. uh, Lavender is an example of like... You could see, you know, a lavender plant. I picked this because I think many people have probably experienced this. You've probably smelled lavender. You've seen lavender. But it might have surprised you the first time you tasted lavender. Yeah. Like where you realized that there was another element of this. And that the taste says more about the way it looks and the way it smells. You learn another facet of it Mm -hmm. when you taste it in something. You know, in a... I don't know, in creme, creme brulee, brulee or in cake or in something where you really suddenly get that flavor. Yeah. Now, but that's a way, poetry can be a way of experiencing. It's like adding a different sense to something that you maybe already know. Mm-hmm. Like, in, and you can't necessarily pin it down because say it's a beautiful poem about a place that you already know. Maybe you already knew those things about it, except for it still, it speaks to some part of you that you didn't realize mm-hmm. you could experience it yeah. that way. We got off on a poetry Yeah, tangent. but what I'm saying is that, is that like, share it's it not, not about, just with other people, but with your own children. It's the impulse that makes you write poetry is the same impulse that makes you try to take a picture. It's the same impulse yeah. that makes you want to paint something. It's like the impulse that makes you want to tell a story so that the people will laugh along with you, even though mm-hmm. they weren't there with you when it happened. Happened. Right. And I'm just saying, bring your kids into that so that they, like, you want to share this thing that happened with them and make them laugh along with this, you. And, and then they're going to want to do the same back, which also has the corresponding duty to listen to what they tell you. Yeah. Like, I just want to say, I want to say this because, because you're talking, you compare it with social media, but I would say that there, that is a significant part of the reason why I don't do any of those things on social media is what things I'm talking about sharing the ins and outs of your daily life or your whatever is that okay. it's not a thing about it's that I want to share those with my own children, not mm-hmm. with 
Yeah. Like we're sharing what we're doing yeah. right here with our yeah. immediate family yeah. and circle and not, yeah. it's not the same thing. It's a unique closeness right. that you have with people that you're trying to share things. Yeah. I just, it's the, it's the little things of it being like, no, I need you to come in here. Like seriously, get off the couch and come in here because look at this potato. Have you ever seen anything so weird mm-hmm. as this potato? Like I don't care how mundane or tiny it is. Actually, just yesterday, I was rolling out rolls on the counter, and I was looking out the window, and there was this tiny little bird that was yellow, like a little yellow, little yellow breast, and it was sitting on a dandelion, which means it was it was a very tall dandelion too, and it was sitting on it without it flopping over. So it was like mm-hmm. a really teeny little bird, and I was like, Jemima, come here. And she's like, Okay, from the living room, I'm like, No, get in here, get in here, come here. Are you coming? <laughs> Jemima, come here. And she's like, okay, I'm coming. Mom, I'm coming. She comes in. I'm like, look at the little bird on the dandelion. <laughs> <laughs> and so she like sits there with me and then starts helping me roll rolls. And we're watching the little bird. But it's just like you little share things, things yeah. that you should note and then make your kids or... You know, if some like I have, I just want to throw this happened. out there, but this is a big part of this is a big part of the Christian life that I don't know how to, and I think it's a big factor in senses of humor. It's a big factor in all kinds of things, and that is living outside of your own, outside of yourself enough to not have the only thing that you're noticing or reflecting on all the time be how you feel. Oh my word! Because. A lot of people do try to build closest with their children through constantly sharing how they are feeling. Oh. And and it's actually a horrible burden to your children. Yeah, like to be like, come in here, get off the couch and come in here. I'm not feeling appreciated. <laughs> that, that, that is the downfall of like the desire to share with those no, around us. It's like get to... your eyes off of yourself no. and then yeah. share that it needs to be come in here uh, yeah you need to taste this broccoli yeah it's really really good so i can remember (laughs) like i would say here's a random example of things that our mom did i can remember the jammy rides was a big one when we were little that when we were little that every once in a while after we all went to bed they would yell it's a jammy ride and we would all come screaming out of bed and get in the car and go do something fun in our in our jammies Mm -hmm. that that was a big hit. I can remember. Jeremy rides were huge. Those yeah. were, they would drive us through and get us an ice cream cone or a sundae. Like, just drive through McDonald's and yeah. get a cheap ice cream cone and we would go to Grandma and Grandpa's sometimes. In our it. jammies. In our jammies. Having gotten out of bed, it was a thrill. It was a big new lease on life. Oh, you know what else she would do? I didn't do this with my kids. I really failed. You failure. No, remember how sometimes after we were in bed, but we weren't asleep yet, and she'd come in with a little snack on a napkin. Yeah, like grapes like or apple little slices. little apple slices. Yeah. And yeah, be like, and ooh, and talk that's with us. fun. Yeah, or yeah. one thing we did with our kids that was, I, this is a really hot tip if I have never shared it before. I probably have, but, um, so when our kids were younger... And we had five and they were close together. And it's really, you start feeling like it's hard to give kids just one-on-one attention. And so we started doing a late night. So each kid had one night of the week that was their late night. And everybody else would go to bed and they got to stay up. And it was not very long. It was like 20 minutes or 30 minutes. But they Mm. got to decide what they wanted to do with dad on late night. So it was like, whatever. You know, they would... Ben would sit down and play paper dolls with Hero or whatever it was, but they just, it was time with dad. And, yeah. and like I would see the kids all day, but they didn't get as much time with Ben. So it was like just, just them. It was their night and they got, and they would be planning all week what they're going to do on their late night, you know, cause they feel like yeah. really important on their late night. And that was something that I will tell you, you cannot start. And then fizzle out because the children will they remember. They will hold you accountable They to will that. remember yeah. the late night. But those were really fun. Like, yeah. the late nights were really a It's hoot. like a special phase of life when you can do that. When you yeah. have a routine bedtime still for mm-hmm. everybody so that it makes sense. Well, it was when our kids were little. Because once you have, like, if you have older kids in sports it and so everybody's yeah. running around. It was when we were living in England and, you know, like, everybody yeah. was little at the same time. So, it, it was yeah. just, it was a few years. But it was, 
a really fun little that special is, I can thing. remember but I think doing the unexpected and playful thing is always a blessing so I can remember us going over to our grandparents house and grandpa taking all the cushions off of the couches and folding them in to make a fort so that the backs of the couches were the, the roof lid. yeah the lid. and yeah. getting in there with us with a flashlight and oh, yeah. we didn't see that coming <laughs> we, and and it was awesome you know we were like yeah. this is the best or um Things. Or, or okay, when we were little and we would climb up that plum tree and it felt like we were miles in the sky, but we were probably, I don't know, eight feet off the ground. But whatever it was, <laughs> we had rigged up a little basket on a string that we would lower down and ask mom if she would put our sandwiches for lunch in the basket. And oh, then did, we could and reel she, it up. And she delivered. And she did. She She'd delivered put in the basket. She delivered sandwiches in the basket for us to eat in <laughs> the We would haul tree. it up to the branch and um, eat our sandwich. And I can remember her doing things like the floaty the floaty bowl of cereal in the bathtub the yeah, plastic bowl yeah. of why don't you have some cereal while you're in the tub yeah. just living the good life in there um i think with our own kids <laughs> one time mom called, <laughs> called me into the kitchen and she was like hey becca and it was must have been like elementary because i had glasses and she was like let me see your glasses for a second so this is this is also very mom because she she was hygienic about it so she took my glasses off, washed them in the sink and dried them. And I was like, okay, you know what? And she put them back on. And she's like, okay, now shut your eyes. It's a surprise. I was like, okay. And I shut my eyes and she gets an aerosol whipped cream and just sprays the front of my glasses in whipped cream. And then told me I could lick it off. I totally remember but that. she washed them first. Yeah, washed them first because I would think you'd want to wash them after the fact. But I that think for sure. Probably you'd. But just things that your kids, like, are killed by and they didn't, they they didn't, didn't assume that that was happening. Yes, and I, so I would say things, the game that I play with my little boys only, no girls, is that we call it head slapping fun. <laughs> And that is where they get, we say, you give me five and I'll give it back to you. So they give me five and I try to slap them in the head after mm-hmm. they give me five. I can't say why exactly this delights them as much <laughs> as it does, but it does. And it's a great delight for them that we do this game. Yeah. Or often, when I say often, not that often, but I still have two pretty when little boys. Do you mean a person, a person who has lost his parents, or often, frequently? <laughs> Ten points if you can. Uh, you catch all know. The quote. You all know where that came from. <laughs> Anyways, what I often-ish do is a very like I will play tag with my little boys. Like I will chase them around the house or mm. goop out. Like, uh, you know, like. I will do that sometimes. Mostly only when they're not expecting it. Like, if they're mm-hmm. not expecting it. It's not like I regularly, we come home and they're like, Mom, let's play tag. And no. I'm like, all right, fine, I have to play tag. Right. It's more like, or I say a lot of the time, that's the, Moses and Shad. Really, Moses is my only one who still lives this life. Or I like to occasionally just say, Moses, you are in big 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 <laughs> trouble but the goal is that he has to give me a hug before I get to saying trouble so sometimes I'll say mm. it across where I'm like hey you're in big big and he will just come running to give me a hug from yeah. somewhere these are not these are not high tech no. suggestions no. for fun but I would say another a good thing to practice if you if you haven't done it is just to start with a thing like friendly greetings when your kids come into a room or something just being like hey how are you doing friend or how are you know like talking to them yeah not just sort of rising above their presence yeah but be like greeting them gladly when you see them no and I know at different times in school I can't even remember why like if one of my kids this was girls. This I've never done this with the boys, but there was just something that was being really hard at school or whatever. Just being like, you know what? Come with me, and I'm gonna call the school and say you'll be back in a while. Yeah. And we're just gonna go get a coffee and talk about. Or it probably wasn't a coffee because they were younger than that. It was probably I'll drive through Starbucks and get you some fluffy something, uh-huh. and 
we'll talk and we'll sort it out and then I'll drop you back at school. It's fine. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just where there's things where you uh-huh. just take a minute to give them, you know, the intention that they need or uh-huh. just the one-on-one something. Or, you know, yeah. And I can remember times when we would pass a potholder around the dinner table, pretending it was a phone and having a ridiculous conversation <laughs> on the potholder. Like, where, you know, the level of, or a very randomly and occasionally doing something while we want to teach our kids good manners and we do try to emphasize being polite at the table there are also times where we might throw roles at people Mm -hmm. or be silly together Mm -hmm. like we're not too self-serious about everything like this is a fun place to be not just a place to be or you know there were this was another thing we did especially in England, and it was because we were somewhere new and we were trying to make the most of it, we just go on little expeditions on Saturday. We're like, where are we going to go? And we would pick somewhere, and we would go out and find it, and we'd explore, and we, you know, it was just, those were like the little expeditions on Saturday. But when we were kids, on Saturday mornings, Dad always took us on a date. That was the thing. So he took the kids... And he'd take us to the library or we'd go get donuts and then we'd go up on the mountain and fiddle around. And it was really basically so that mom could get the house clean and make the bread or whatever. Have some privacy. It was just have, yeah. to have some time off. But we were like, wahoo, we're on a date with dad. And so <laughs> it'd be like, you know, donuts in the library or... I, still, I think I will donuts. forever remember because it was probably the dawning of some something in my life. But I was the youngest. But we were at Daylight Donuts. Mm-hmm. And there was a bug on somebody's arm. I remember it. Do I you? It and well. we flicked the bug off. And I just, I remember exactly where we were sitting. Me too. I remember that the sun was shining in the window and that the bug got flicked off of someone's arm. And I remember dad, like it was just the funniness. Like we had a hilarious conversation about if you were that bug just having a nice normal morning and then it turned into a you know <laughs> a really bad but day it really i remember you said it really ruined that bug's day and we all fell we apart we just were like <laughs> the wit this is the best concept ever <laughs> and and i'm sure that dad was not as stimulated by this conversation <laughs> As we all were. Or, yeah. Let's go over it one more time. Basically, yeah. the bug was just walking around and then, ah! like, I'm sure we did a lot of that, but it made a deep impression on us yeah. all. Like, it was like the thing that yeah. stuck with us. Yeah, I know. Or, like, you know, Ben would take the, we had to take our garbage once a week to the next door farm in England and it was basically down our long driveway around the corner and down the next long driveway to drop our garbage off and so he would take Knox who was you know in elementary school and he'd let him drive so you know it was like whoa yeah. drive the car down to the so it, you know just kind of fun random being fun stuff person? being a fun person looking for being ways interested to be... and always thinking in terms of ways that you can like food is great because it's a way that you can always bless people. Like you mm-hmm. always have the resources to make it more fun or more like, like, I mean the long-term resources to be thinking in terms of things that the whole family will find fun and mm-hmm. interesting. And mm-hmm. like, like, yeah. let's try this. And what do you think of that? Like, yeah. there's a lot to talk about. And the other thing is it's not going to be the same for every family. So you have to, you find, have your to own. find your own. And the thing is, is if you, sometimes you'll feel like this is going to be such a blast. We're going to all go on an expedition it doesn't go. and I can have it all planned out. And then everybody's grouchy or nobody wanted to go yeah. or they all feel like it's boring or whatever. And so you have to not, um, get discouraged if don't be an easy to dissuade parent yeah. from being like, but this was going to be, you were going to like banana splits. But yeah. now you don't but now like them. It was a big you don't judge. like a banana split. Yeah. I think it's like the 80-20 rule. In my opinion, it's the 80-20 rule where where you do it uh uh you do it because of you're trying to do something fun, but 80% of the time it doesn't really stick. Mm-hmm. 20% of the time it was the magic of the bug flicking. Mm-hmm. Like like yeah. and you just keep going for it. Yeah. You just keep yeah. trying, keep going keep working on it and yeah. just ask the Lord for ideas too. If you're like, I want to be more fun. 
how should mm-hmm. I do that? Just, yeah. I was going to say, about the food, though, is that do try to emphasize with your children that table fellowship is a time for table fellowship. Yeah. And don't be an easy pushover with lots of things that will make fellowship at the table difficult. And I mean mm-hmm. by that, like, if you have somebody saying they cannot, they will not eat, thus and such, don't just throw in the towel and say that's, I guess, we'll never have a regular time of eating together. You know, like, yeah. I, I guess we can't do this. We did, well, I can remember there was a sweet and sour chicken that I made that was actually just really super good, but some kids had questions <laughs> when it first came out. But Luke loved it, and I loved Like, it really was good, yeah. but some of the kids were just like, what? Yeah. And I remember us spending a time at the dinner saying, we're going to go around the table, and you're each going to take a turn telling us what things to put on our fork. Oh. And then we will all taste that bite together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was in that way that many of our children discovered what a great pairing onions and pineapple are. <laughs> and they were all like, yeah. whoa, yeah. I never thought it would be yeah. so delicious if you yeah. ate an onion with yeah. a celery with a cashew or whatever. And anyways, the point is we just worked to yeah. try to make it a joy when it was something that nobody took on as a joy when they first saw it. They didn't think, yeah. oh, great, we're having sweet and sour chicken that looks sketchy to us. But yeah. then... It ended up being a sweet and, time. And I would say, if you're the kind of person who tends to say no when your kids want to say, like, Mom, can I go mix some stuff together in the kitchen? You're like, no, never. That would be wasteful and make a mess. Mm-hmm. Try saying yes. Let them mix up the gross old mixture of mayonnaise and cayenne and Yeah, my kids have and- a real uh, competitive field on who makes the best tuna. Okay, yeah. So, like, yeah. they, they like vote. let them try it. Oh, yeah, they get, yeah. people are like, well, she puts yeah. too much mustard in the tuna. Or if you have a daughter who wants to try sewing something with that one piece of fabric that you've been hanging on to but haven't ever done anything with, let her ruin it. You know, like, just just be, be ready to say yes. The, yeah, I if actually. If you're a person who always says yes and never has any boundaries, maybe try saying no. That might also be good. <laughs> okay, I actually have to go. Okay, we have to go because we'll, it's time to pick up kids. Time. All right, Goodbye. well, okay, Bye. Thank you.